You are listening to the Big Blue Rock Pod, produced by the Kentucky Geological Survey at the University of Kentucky. This podcast is a fun, conversational approach to discussing all things geology and earth processes. We talk emerging ideas and research, along with classic topics in earth science for all levels of interest. Let's do the show. Hello, welcome to the Big Blue Rock Pod. I'm Matt Crawford, along with my co-host Doug Curl and Sarah Arpin. Hey, Matt. Hello. Hey. How we doing, everybody? Good. 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 Um, all right. So this is a. What are we doing here? This is a. Well, we uh, have nothing uh, planned. <laughs> so. <laughs> this is our first true <laughs> kind of wing it uh, episode, but we've had a few scheduling snafus, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna squeeze in this this episode here. Uh, tease our millions of listeners with a few upcoming episodes um, and talk quickly about a few things that KGS has been doing recently for, for this episode. Um, we don't have a guest today, but th- I think there are some interesting things we want to get out to our audience and uh, yeah. share what we do. Yeah, it's been a busy, a busy time this the yes. fall is always mm-hmm. busy right. for geologists. I yes. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's the pumpkin spice. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps us going. Yeah. Okay, so first thing uh, I think we should talk about is the KGS's annual Earth Science Open House, which is always a successful event. Yeah. Uh, I forget what the, was the date. I forget what the date was. Uh, it was October. October 16th, I believe. Wednesday, yeah. October 16th, we mm-hmm. host the public in our building. They they come uh, to the first, second floor of our building, the Mining and Mineral Resources Building here on UK's campus. The 18th. Uh, it, it, was the eight, it was the 18th <laughs> this month. At least we fact-checked ourselves <laughs> yeah, before yeah. we put it I out this time. I don't want to get time. calls. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> we... We have all kinds of exhibits and demonstrations related to earth science, stream table, mm-hmm. volcanic explosion demonstration. Uh, uh, there's an earthquake demonstration. There's some landslide stuff. There's karst information, all kinds of cool stuff for families and kids and whoever is interested in earth science. Yeah, yeah. the The stream table is this big um kind of table basin thing that has sand in it with water plastic sand. Wa- the water's and recycled the, through. yeah the water runs across the sand and recycles through and and then you can use the sand to um play with you know making dams and seeing hydrologic flow and stuff yeah but you the kids love it you can demonstrate <laughs> demonstrate a lot of erosion and deposition mm-hmm. processes mm-hmm. Yeah. Formation um, of stream channels. Stream channels, uh, alluvial fans, yeah. cool stuff yeah. like that. It's Sarah's favorite exhibit. <laughs> stream table is a big, It's intense. Big <laughs> popular. Um, it's popular a big and then mining brings, um, the mining engineering here, uh, they bring this, the topographic, um, mm, that's kind cool. of interactive topographic map. So it, it's like a, it's a projector that projects above um, some sand, and you can mold the sand and, and, and it projects and contours on projects the sand. contours and then you can also run water so it's not real water oh. but it looks like water when you so it's cleaner than the <laughs> stream table but um, it's also very popular but you push the sand around and this contours adjust on the fly yeah projected which is pretty cool yeah yeah it's pretty neat mm-hmm. um 
The volcano is always my favorite. A huge hit because it's a big explosive event. <laughs> um, it's not your baking soda. No volcano. Not your paper mache baking yeah. soda explosion <laughs> volcano. Um, yeah, it's good. We I think we had like two hundred people this year, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. And it's a um, watershed watch puzzle for watershed watch puzzle. All ages. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even us. <laughs> yeah, puzzle of the different basins and the Kentucky oh, River. Yeah. That's um, really cool. Paleo- the paleontology stuff's the big hit. There's lots of fossils. Right. Uh, Steve Greb yeah. does some dinosaur stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We encourage people to come to our open house. It's once a year. It's in October, so definitely come. Yeah, we usually, Earth Science Week is usually when we. Yeah, yeah, overlaps with Earth Science Week. So this year, we set up the mics. Or Doug, Doug, mm-hmm. you and Sarah did this. I was doing some landside stuff. <laughs> Actually, well, it was really son Doug and Dylan. <laughs> Dylan. <laughs> Dylan, yeah, shout was, out to Dylan Curl. Yeah. yeah he <laughs> so we, we will explain what you all did. Uh, so we set up some mics and a little booth, um, and we solicited questions from people who just came by, and um, we kind of shoved a mic in their face and <laughs> said, do you have a, a question, a burning question that you want to ask the Big Blue Rock Pod, and we'll we'll try to answer it on the show at a later date. So nice. Um, Dylan... Uh, he kind of took over and took all these questions, and then then we went around with the recorder, and he recorded some some of the the sounds from the event. Um, so we got some good, a few good questions. Nice. So so to to be released soon. Yeah. Podcast that uh, in, incorporated some earth science open house questions and sites and sounds yeah sounds yeah. i guess mostly yeah sounds probably <laughs> no <not> sites <laughs> many sites <laughs> being a podcast no. but um you can also we're, we probably still take questions um we're always happy to for i looking for ideas and questions mm-hmm. for yes the big blue rock pod so you can email those to kgs mail at uky.edu kgs mail at M A I L E K G S M A I L at UKY dot EDU. Yep. Um, All you millions of listeners out there, send us yeah. some questions. Sorry. Ask a geologist. Yep. Cool. Okay, so uh be on the lookout for that that episode coming up. Uh also October's busy because it's the Geological Society of America's annual conference. And uh, we've mentioned GSAs on this podcast before at, at, at being, uh, it being a meeting that, that many of us attend and present research. And um, it's really a preeminent conference for Earth scientists in the country. Um, it bounces around the country the lo- location-wise. Every two years it's in Denver because that's GSA's headquarters. But, uh, you know, they get five seven thousand earth scientists at at annual meetings typically and um this year uh just last week it was in pittsburgh pennsylvania and kgs sent uh, how many people did we send i think 11 at least 11 that's a great number for us i think yeah that's um, pretty good. i mean it's drivable so that made it yeah easy easier east coast location yeah, yeah you gotta take advantage of when it's mm-hmm. fairly local yeah and uh, Sarah was there and presented <laughs> some of her research. You want to say something about your experience at GSA? Oh, my gosh. Um, yes, I can do that. Um, so we were looking kind of at the stats overall survey-wide before uh, we sat down. 
and it was a pretty good showing from KGS. We, out of those 11 folks that attended, um, let's see, we've got math on the fly, 14, what is that, 24? No, it's not 24, 22. 22, like, involvements or events. Um, eight posters, 10 talks, and four sessions that we helped lead. So, you know, every, it's two per person on average. It's, it's pretty good. Um, uh, I mean, just on the surface, that that's an impressive number yeah, for a state geological survey's presence at a GSA. And, and I've got to think that people notice that, right? Mm -hmm. they, they see KGS's name and, and researchers everywhere there, and that's... That's impressive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Plus, we had a, a booth that was in a pretty good location, from what I understand. Yeah, yeah. A lot of traffic. We did. We had a lot of traffic. And so all, all of us that attend um, take turns staffing uh, a KGS booth at the um, exhibitors hall there at the conference. And that's for recruiting potential employees. That's for talking to colleagues at other state surveys, other universities, um, talking to students. Yep. A, a lot of students came by um, looking for jobs here or talking about grad school or future employment when they graduate. Um, so a, a lot of, of interaction with current students. Um, but yeah, the booth was right near the center of the exhibitors hall, which is where the main GSA booths themselves were set up. Um, and we were kind of on this little, we're catty corner from that in the center square. So so for, for people not familiar with big scientific conferences, this is a ginormous room mm -hmm. in a convention center in a major city in the United States, yeah. right? That's It's a huge room filled with posters, exhibitors, um, what else? Um, yeah, those things mostly. People walking around and, and collaborating, sharing ideas, talking about science. It's a awesome spot. Manufacturers of scientific instruments yeah. that are commonly used. Yeah, yeah, a lot of swag. <laughs> <laughs> Publishers. Oh, publishers. All, yeah. all kinds of mm -hmm. uh, clubs and organizations. Mm -hmm. The Association of Women yeah. Geologists, for example, has got a presence. Yeah. Um, so a broad... Right group of people to wander around and, and chat with there. Yeah. How was your poster presentation? My poster yeah. was good. Um, so I, the way the posters work is you get a whole day um, in the poster hall, which is right next to the exhibitors hall, yep. or half of it basically. Um, you get a whole day to hang your poster and folks can wander around at their leisure and, and view the posters. Um, and there's also a time during that day, uh, a two hour, two and a half hour, something like that block, um, that you actually are present with your poster. And so if folks want to ask you questions, they can come by and do that. Um, and so on that day, I did Tuesday and our block, I think was from nine to 11, maybe, um, to stand there and, and talk to people and, they also happened to schedule the one of the cursed sessions oh um, no. overlapping what? that. That's always a bummer. Sometimes yeah. those conflicts are hard well, to get around. But. Yeah, and so it was kind of a slow morning and not a, you know, I had a few folks stop by, but it wasn't really in their wheelhouse. Um, I was talking about a, a lab experiment I did with different types of dye receptors and how effective those were. Um, but when the car session let out, um, all of a sudden, all the cars people came to the posters, and so oh, they good. were 
three or four of us that were actually standing there for about four hours because wow. this mm. new wave came in right as we were our official session ended. So we were really kind of you end up with your poster and engaging folks for quite a while. That's the beauty of giving poster presentations uh, yeah. is, is the one on one mm -hmm. conversations and the repetitive uh, the repetitive spiel that you mm -hmm. give in front of your poster and um, as opposed to a, an oral presentation that's 12 to 15 minutes long where you maybe run out of time and you don't get questions in a in a session room. So posters are exciting ways to engage and mm. share your research for sure. Yeah, I kind of prefer the poster. I mean, I don't mind giving a talk, but it is nice to stand there and, and then you can also prep it beforehand mm -hmm. yeah. and be done with it. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I had brought examples of the two different type of receptors that I had tested oh yeah, um, nice. and like used them as props next to my posters so that people had a better idea of what I was talking about because it's kind of a weird, weird thing that in try to envision. Um, and one of the, I guess, greats in my field uh, came by with a bag um, with his business card in it, uh, as well as his own version of the oh. similar dye receptor. So he had prepped and been ready to come see me. Oh, wow. Um, oh. And so I, I got to have a few like really engaging conversations with, with people that are much more experienced in it than I am. So it was great. That's, yeah. what, it's, that's, that's awesome. That's what it's all about. Well, that's great. Pittsburgh yeah. overall was cool. Absolutely. I s got the chance to squeeze in the Warhol Museum. Oh, right. right. You did? Oh, <laughs> yes. Right great. before I came oh. home. And so that was pretty incredible. Oh, awesome. I've been there. Yeah. It's cool, right? It is super cool. I, oh, know, wow. I knew nothing about Andy Warhol. I think that and, was everybody's um, comment. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I had a, I spent some time in Pittsburgh not too long ago. A friend recommended this, and I was like, I don't know if I'm doing that, you know. <laughs> but it ended up being awesome. Pretty I'm great. glad you did that. Yeah. Uh, we should talk about that more off yes. uh, the mics. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, anything else there on um, GSA? Super productive, super good experience. I'm still recovering. I'm... I'm it was is a lot, but it was really worth it. Cool, that's great. That's good yeah. to hear. So, Matt, why weren't you at GSA? <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, okay. This uh, is yeah, really like why we're all here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, right. I did not go to GSA in Pittsburgh this year. I usually do. Uh, a lot of you know landside folks around the country go to GSA, and I, that's those are, those are my peeps, and I um, usually go. But I did not this year because. I had just returned from Sri Lanka in oh. Asia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that is true. Um, and so I, I just didn't, I couldn't really turn around uh, a few days later and pack up for another, you know, week-long trip and be gone from family and work and stuff, so I didn't <laughs> go. But let's talk about my trip to Sri Lanka. It was amazing. Um, so to kind of tee this up, about a year ago, may maybe more than a year ago, I was invited by some folks uh, at the U.S. Geological Survey's Landside Hazards Program to participate in a team they have there called the Landside Disaster Assistance Team. And this is a group that has, it's a newly formed group in the Landside Hazards Program, and they have been to just a few places around the world to, to help and assist foreign partners with landside hazards technical building capacity. So they show up at these places and, and meet with government organizations and different groups to share information, share best practices, 
talk about landslide mapping, talk about landslide susceptibility modeling, talk about anything related to landslide hazard assessment. They've been to Chile, they've been to Sri Lanka, uh, they've been to Fiji, and maybe a few other places, I can't remember. Anyway, I got invited and I was like, wow, that seems like it'd be awesome. You know, I don't know if I could really pull that off as State Geological Survey employee. We don't really get to take trips like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I kind of wrote up a little justification and talked about what, what I'd be doing in Sri Lanka with the USGS, talk about how it would benefit things we do here and, uh, you know, goals and, and missions of not just the survey but of the University of Kentucky in general. So I got approved to go. And uh, I went, I was in Sri Lanka for about eight days, nine days with the USGS uh, Landside Disaster Assistance Team. Um, the sort of the ringleader was um, Dr. Uh, Karina Sarosky Dario. She's a geologist with the Landside Hazards Program and manager of the Landside Disaster Assistance Team. I should also mention that the Landside Disaster Assistance Team's funded uh, partially funded by USAID, so mm -hmm. that goes into mm -hmm. the equation of, of places that they, they visit and collaborate with. Mm. Uh, geologist with USGS, uh, uh, Gina Blair uh, Villar was also with us, so it was the three of us. They live in Golden, Colorado, and uh, went with them, and um, we, we met with a Sri Lankan government organization called the National Building Research Organization, they're a government group that uh, does a lot of things, but one thing they do is landslide risk and hazard assessment. So we worked with about 25 geologists with, thi with that group, and we put on a workshop, which was really a series of, of lectures and hands-on exercises that, um, you know, shared our experience and knowledge of landslide inventory, landslide susceptibility, um, you know, things to think about when addressing complicated phenomena like, like landslides. And, and I should mention that Sri Lanka has, has had a lot of landslides, or have a lot of landslides. They've had, uh, you know, quite significant and fatal, tragic landslides too. So uh, they have a, you know, a hill country that's sort of central southwest part of the country where there's a lot of steep slopes and thick soils, and they get a lot of of rain. Mm. There's places in the country that get over 100 inches of, of mm -hmm. rainfall in a year, oh, wow. which is like double what we get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have two monsoon seasons, so they get, oh they get inundated and uh, have, have a lot of rainfall-triggered landslides. Um, that's in a nutshell what happened. It, it was an amazing experience. I've never been to Asia before. Um, it, uh, you know, the group we met with was very, uh, I don't know, they, they were very amenable to what we were doing. They were into it. They asked a lot of good questions and I think hopefully absorbed some, some good ideas going forward with things they do to address landslides. So, yeah, it was awesome. Well, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you think they'll replicate kind of, you gave a presentation earlier showing maps that they had done you think mm -hmm. they're gonna they're gonna use this workshop to kind of update their mapping and their methodology i guess for i think so so we we presented a couple of approaches to susceptibility mapping 
Um, so yeah, I, th I think they will adopt some of these ideas, um, whether or not they'll like pivot completely and kind of crank out some, some different uh, types of maps than they already have, I'm not, not sure, but it was to sort of show them, hey, th these are some other things to think about mm -hmm. when, when modeling susceptibility. Um, particularly statistical baseline side susceptibility. So that just means using a lot of terrain characteristics that you throw in a model to help you uh, assess where landslides might happen. And so I think we shared some things with statistics-based approaches that they can use. And uh, yeah, they seemed they seem to think that that would be a valuable approach mm -hmm. to to what they already do and and uh, you know a valuable way to look at uh, how to collect different kinds of data. So yeah, that 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 was the goal, right? To sort of share ideas, um, get them thinking about how to how to improve things. They they have a really solid foundation of addressing landslide hazards. I would say maybe some of their their maps are are not outdated, but they've been doing them for a long time and, and could stand to maybe think about how to incorporate some different variables into how they, you know, how they um, model susceptibility. So, yeah. What was uh, the vegetation or, like, the land use in the Hill Country area that was, like, problematic? Great question. It's, um, it's thick sort of tropical jungle vegetation. Wow. It's hot. It's humid there <laughs> all year round. All year round. So yeah. they have thick residual soils on these slopes. Mm -hmm. So like, think of, I guess, saprolite mm -hmm. style mm -hmm. soils and weathered rock, but really, th you know, mm -hmm. super thick. Thick. Yeah. And so it's funny. The they, they they have different types of landslides, partially because of that. So they'll have long run out debris flows, they'll have like debris avalanches where this stuff just, just get totally saturated and it runs runs down the hill, behaves like a flow, can be, you know, high velocity. But this stuff, this this thick these thick residual soils can also behave kind of like chunky and like block style mm. sliding and hmm. come down on the road but not 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 maybe cover the road and or have a long run out. So they they yeah, there's some complicated things with the, the vegetation, mm -hmm. soil types, soil thicknesses. I went on a field trip one day and saw cool. saw some landslides near this town called Candy, which is uh, sort of the Sinhalese cultural capital of Sri Lanka. It's about in the middle, middle of the country. Um, there are some big slides along the road that were being repaired in this, these thick residual soils we got to see. It was pretty cool. Hmm. So, yeah, tropical yeah. environment. So not steep slopes. land use related. Like this is natural part of the landscape morphology or whatever. Well, like everywhere, they they have probably what we would consider natural landslides, where yeah. there's not yeah. perhaps an area in the country there not a lot of slope modification. But yeah. then you have both. You have both. Yeah. There's a lot a lot of you know cutting the slope to build in the road. Cut the slope to put in this mm -hmm. complex of buildings. One of the slides we visited was at a hospital complex. Yeah. A whole bunch of hospital buildings on a steep slope in like an urban setting. So kind of like urban landslides. Oh wow. And uh, you know, they chopped up the slope, probably didn't do the best job of 
mitigating and stabilizing at the time and you know mm -hmm. there's some problems there now so yeah slope modified problems but um, uh, also some natural slides in more rural areas as well I mm. uh, went to candy uh, so that mentioned this field trip uh, to candy so saw some landslides in and around candy um, Doug saw this already uh, I went to an elephant orphanage near candy cool. yeah it was <laughs> that's been people's favorite yeah. part of the story uh, saw about th this orphanage has about 70 elephants a lot of babies right now too <laughs> it was incredible to see uh, a whole bunch of elephants up close got saw them wander down you know to a stream and take a bath and drink <laughs> in this river uh, it was awesome uh, but sri lanka has a lot of national parks and like Reserve areas where elephants basically roam free. They have a lot of elephants. So wow. um, yeah, <laughs> that was that was cool to see for sure. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. It, what else? What else? Food wise. Food. <laughs> food is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I never got sick of rice, curry, or fish. Yeah, and that's pretty good. You know, things they're mm. certainly famous for. Breakfast. You know, Sri Lankan breakfast is like milk, rice, and fish curry, mm. or some dal, uh, and it was delicious. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, can, can be spicy. It doesn't have to be spicy, but, but a lot of it is. Um, they have a lot of coconut there, so they, they mix coconut with different, different things like coconut chutney or some co coconut mix, and that's kind of tastes really good with, with different kinds of rice and, and dal. Um, yeah, they have a lot of fish, especially down in the southern part of the country, like a lot mm -hmm. of fish markets, and you'll drive down mm -hmm. on these roads in the southern part of the country, just fish stands cool. everywhere. Yeah, wow. So I did go down to this town called Gaul, which is on the southern coast. Uh, Gaul, uh, incidentally, is a, a, a town that was hit uh, very hard by the 2004 Indi uh, in Indonesian uh, tsunami. So the tsunami... 9.1 magnitude earthquake in Sumatra, off right island off the coast of Indonesia, killed about 250,000 people on that side of the Indian Ocean, but tsunami waves split. So mm -hmm. one wave traveled to Indonesia, the other wave traveled across the Indian Ocean and hit the southern coast of Sri Lanka, and it killed about 40,000 Sri Lankans. And Gaul, Gaul was a town that was hit pretty hard, and so there's a museum there and stuff. You can read about that. But Gaul is a cool beach town. Um, it sits in an old fort that was occupied by the Portuguese at one point, by the Dutch at one point, by the British. So <laughs> there's a they, they have a complicated history that sure. maybe we could get into in another episode. But the, the town of Gaul like, sits in this old fort that's pretty sweet right on the Indian Ocean. Uh, and there's some nice beaches around there too. So um, that was fun to do. That was kind of a day off, day off trip that we took. Like I said at our internal seminar the other day, this is a trip that most state geological survey staff researchers don't don't get to do. So I'm I'm very fortunate and very thankful to USGS for allowing me to do that and you know w asking me to participate. I think that says a lot about we, like we mentioned earlier our presence at GSA. I mean mm. I think it says a lot about you know KGS to for them to think about us and ask ask me to go on a trip like this to share share what we've been doing yeah mm -hmm. so that that was kind of you know a nice a nice feeling i mean kind of sounds like a win-win too for everybody because mm. i mean you get to exchange information with them 
yep. get information from from them mm. and absolutely and then collaborate across the world which is pretty amazing yeah ab um, absolutely i absolutely learned stuff from them they have an interesting uh, rain gauge network that they use for some landslide early warning uh, which is which is really good. And they're trying to work to Im improve that. They do create some landslide susceptibility maps. They're working on improving that, like I mentioned. So yeah, I learned a lot of from what they do. So it was a win-win. Yeah. Yeah. You think you'll be able to go somewhere else under this USAID? Yeah. Yeah. Or? Yeah. Possibly so. Um, I don't know. I don't think they've. I don't think the USGS has planned the next. Uh, destination or, or the next place collaboration project that the disaster assistance team is going to go but yeah it's a possibility yeah yeah thanks you all good quick episode here anything yeah. else no I think um, it's been a busy month right. yeah. or a busy couple months but we'll yeah we'll have another guest soon I guess yes we do have yeah. I we don't want to give away that but we do have a <laughs> a guest booked and a and a date planned for a, another episode. We'll get out the episode uh, right. yeah. uh, that was at the Earth Science Open House, and we'll just uh, keep this moving. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Send us questions. Send us questions. Yeah, send us questions. You can find us on Facebook and comment there, or kgsmail at uky.edu. All right. Cool. Thanks, you all. Yep. Thank you. Bye. Good to see everybody. This podcast was produced by the Kentucky Geological Survey at the University of Kentucky. Special thanks to Rebecca Frazier for technical support. If you have ideas for the show, email mcrawford at uky.edu. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>